Welcome back to another episode of Punches and Popcorn. This time, we are taking down an entire year. 2023, our year in review, end of year episode. With me, of course, are my fellow couch potato ninjas, the illustrious doctor, the professor, the walking weapon, Dr. Dominic DeMore. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, guys. It's eight in the morning. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're doing a, a special early morning recording for uh, some of us whose kids have been up since 5 a.m. It's not so early, but we're all, we're here. And of course, with us here is our genius, the illustrious Jason Bills. A lot of people are illustrious this morning. I like it. I'm a little under the weather, but it's made my voice deeper, so I'm all in. <laughs> it is, you know what? It's it's eight in the morning. It's the end of the holiday week here, so we're all, we're just getting by. And, um, you know, I can only come up with so many words this morning so i'm sure i'll drop a few more illustrious um but you guys i hope did you guys have a good christmas get anything cool or get any cool stuff for your kids i know i sometimes live through them well it's you know i got a three-year-old so like all the previous years they didn't really she didn't really understand what was going on but now it's like you can throw a bunch of cheap stuff at her and she's like Oh my gosh oh my gosh so she loves to draw you know and and paint and do all art stuff so you know i just got some some art supplies you know little dinky scissors that couldn't cut anything you know a bunch of pink crayons because pink is her favorite color which is funny because we've tried not to reinforce that everything associated with femininity is pink but for some reason pink's her favorite color so yeah so like a lot of pink stuff and a lot she's like oh wow wow it's a fun color yeah and my son doesn't know the difference he's one and a half so you know he's just (laughs) like basically put he sees her stuff he takes it and she's like no it's mine (laughs) my christmas straddled between yay this is great and no this is mine and it was pretty good (laughs) what's funny is my kid's favorite present was a stress ball that my wife got me. Oh, that's hilarious. this is a little squishy stress ball, and the kids are like, "This is great!" and they just love it. And I'm like, "Guys, what?" And then it disappeared. And then it turned up today. I think huh. my kid ate it and passed it, and we just found it. That's, <laughs> that's my Christmas. Oh, that's gonna leave a mark. <laughs> nice. How about you, Jay? Get anything fun? Um. So mine was. Uh, I don't have children, so I, I still get the presents in my house. Yes. So uh, I got this uh, Criterion box set. He made these five movies with Randolph Scott. They're, they're old school Westerns, but they're like in the 50s. So it bridges that gap between like traditional Westerns of like the 40s and stuff to the more subversive 60s stuff. It, they're really interesting films. Like, and they're only like, I don't know, like 60 or 70 minutes. And, but they're just, they just pack such a punch. Like uh, they're such a, a, a great thing. If you're a fan of Westerns, check these movies out. Ooh, nice. Well, I am. And I'm definitely going to check those out. Maybe beg to borrow those from you. <laughs> Very nice. Yes. Well, I got my own uh, Criterion gift this year that I'm actually going to mention a little bit later. So I'll save that. But the the gift aside from that that I will say I really enjoyed getting is my parents got me all of the Lego brickhead sets 
related to Lord of the Rings. Nice. And what's cool is there's like one for each movie. So yeah. I, I personally consider Lord of the Rings holiday movies because they all came out in December. And you did you're right? I you know, for three years that. those were like, and they were not just any three years. It was like. 2021, 22, and 23. So that was like right when I was graduating college and immediately afterwards. So when you're like have the most time plugged into being able to go to the movies and enjoy things like that, they were out and those were big event movies for me. So it just became a tradition for me that I watch them every, I, I try to watch them around like Christmas time because I, I just want to replicate the joy of that. And actually for, uh, I, depending on when you listen to this, I know some theaters are showing the extended editions on, I think, January 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. So oh. if you listen to this before that, check it out. Seems like they're starting to bring them back out in theaters around this time, too. So, yay, Lord of the Rings are holiday movies. I got that holiday gift, and I will, I'm looking forward to watching those movies and putting the sets together. So, yay. Uh, my Christmas that continues to be like a... 12-year-old Christmas every year <laughs> continues. Nothing wrong with that. Question for you guys, and there's no wrong answer. Do uh -oh. you prefer the original editions or the extended editions? Like, if extended. you had to pick one. Extended. extended? Extended for me as well, yeah. You know, for it's... me, for me, it's the original. And you know me with movies, how I think brevity is a skill. And I'm right. I mean, the originals are, like, around three hours long, so I'm not going <laughs> right. to sit here and say that they're... But, like... I think the I think I think they edited the originals in such a way. I mean, Peter Jackson was really good at having as much stuff in there as possible, but still editing it in mm -hmm. such a way that was good. I love the extended editions, but I think the original length is what was good for for selling a movie, if you will, yes. to the populace. And I think that's an important thing about movies. That that is movies aren't just made for people who come, who are the initiated. I think movies are good for getting people interested in new material that they don't yep. know. And I think the original. So I give I I like I love the extended editions, but I also I love the originals. In fact, I interesting story. I have the the extended editions in like the old school DVD style. It looks like they were such good cases. I yeah, were the, good in cases. my opinion, those are the best cases. Ever. Yeah, I could not I get rid of those. those. And in 2004, I was in Urukai for Halloween. Yeah, they had stepwise every part of the Urukai costume. What on the DVD extras? I'm not kidding. They had oh, like, this, and this and this. I was like, I was like, Peter Jackson, you know me so well. <laughs> 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 oh they were great yeah you're hitting all the buttons there tom i mean i don't yeah. think there's a wrong answer with a short the theatrical or extended i think they're both great um i think the extended edition was the first time i i was very excited for the this is going to age us but i think hopefully with authority that back in the day when we watched movies on vhs you did not get behind the scenes you didn't get any special features you just got what was out there, and sometimes there would be a documentary about a movie. You didn't get all this stuff. When DVDs came out, now you get the bonus scenes, you get the special features, and it was really exciting to have access to that as a cinephile, yeah. but I found that a lot of the things I watched, it was mostly crap. Like, oh, I, I know why they cut this scene, because this is stupid. 
or uh, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It was not interesting to me, the bonus features. And those extended edition sets were the first time. One, they were the first movies that I watched all the bonus features. And it's lengthy. Like, one, the movies are long. Oh, yeah. But there's hours and hours of material. And it was incredibly interesting. And I felt like the bonus features, the bonus scenes, all added to the movie. Like, I could see, I agree with you, Dom, it made sense why they cut them. There was stuff they didn't need to have. But when you watched it, it didn't feel like, oh, I could see why they cut this. This was a throwaway. But, oh, I get to live deeper into this world. So that was fantastic. I, I mean, I like the extended edition because I want more Lord of the Rings. And right. They're like my favorite things, but that's uh, right, right. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. You have any preference there, Jay? Just uh, I always prefer the extended. Actually, specifically, tasting wise, it seems to work better. That That's kind of the one that sticks out for me the most, whereas I can kind of maybe Fellowship and Return of the King, I could go either way. Um, Two Towers, I think the extended edition is actually like significantly better just in terms of pacing and and what they're doing there so sure oh uh, well bef before we turn this into a <laughs> lord of the rings in review let's do let's it get back, let's podcast. get back to the year oh <laughs> uh, i can never talk about that movie enough so i'm gonna stop myself uh, or those movies anyways uh so yeah we're looking back in into the year 2023 which was uh was a really interesting year for us right guys like we uh we had i felt like we went in spurts where we had a few come out then life happened and we were really busy and we're quiet for a while. And then our homie, Chris Lindstrom and Dom really pushed us to dig into the John Wick movies. And ever since we started that dive, we've been rolling. So I'm excited mm -hmm. for uh, looking back on this year and then picking up the steam. We have some really exciting changes that we're going to talk about later coming for next year. But yeah, let's look back to 2023 and Mike, see, I'm really going to interrupt. I'm going to interrupt. Yeah, Mike's do it. Giving, do. Mike is giving me way too much credit. I really pushed. I think what I did is one day I was sitting in my office and I really didn't want to grade. And I typed to the guys on like the Slack chat we all have. I go, hey, guys, remember Punches and Popcorn? That was fun. We should do that again. <laughs> I remember that, that was it. Yeah. That was the extent of it. So please don't, <laughs> don't, don't act like I'm some, sort of, I'm some sort of managerial genius here. I'm just a snarky <laughs> asshole. <laughs> oh, you undersell yourself, Don. We are all part of a team here. Yeah, so let's jump into 2023 or look back at per se. So I want to start with looking back, just give a little in memoriam. Uh, we lost some people that were really important to uh, lots of great actors and talent over the past year. But I just want to highlight a handful that really related to the movies and kind of the world that we love in Punches and Popcorn, our show on uh, martial arts cinema. Um, so I'm just going to run through these guys. Feel free to jump in, uh, comment as you want. The first person I'm going to mention is... As far as I know, has never been involved in a movie, but is really important to the martial arts community, and that is Yoshida Yamada. Uh, he was basically the guy that brought Aikido to the U.S., even though Aikido has really been associated with Steven Seagal, and we've shared our thoughts on him. Some At some point, I'm sure we'll get back to him if we have to. Uh, listen to our Above the Law episode if you want to hear uh, our thoughts on Steven Seagal, but Yoshida We have Yamato, to do Under Siege. We do, yeah. Okay, we might not do one, for a while, do. but we got to do it. And, for, and honestly, for better or for worse. Yes. Um, for the cake scene. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but Yoshida Yamato is like the real guy that brought Akito from Japan, especially to New York. 
and popularized it, spread it here. So yes, Steven Seagal kind of through the movies became the face of it, but Yoshida Yamada was the guy. Uh, so thank you. Continuing here, uh, guy, we talk a lot of the movies that we talk about are in the exploitation realm, and one of the kings of this era is Richard Roundtree, the star of Shaft and many other films. So again, exploitation films are really some of the films that we have the most fun with, and he is the guy in those films. Also, uh, this is marginally uh, martial arts, but I guess we could talk about we have kind of whether these would ever be included. Uh, Burt Young, who played Pauly from the Rocky movies. So, are boxing movies martial arts movies? Uh, we have discussed, will we cover a Rocky movie? Maybe, but it's hard to deny that Burt Young as Pauly was one of the most memorable parts of those Rocky movies and many other movies. 100%. Another person I want to bring up that gave us a very memorable fight scene, especially for us children of the 90s, is the great Bob Barker. And the fight scene I'm talking <laughs> about is Happy Gilmore. So, Bob, you're officially a martial arts movie star. Rest in peace. Also, you know, we, especially me and uh, our buddy Matt Knotts, are big wrestling fans. We lost some big names in the wrestling world this past year. We lost Bray Wyatt, who was really young and really sad. We lost Terry Funk, who <sighs> just might be in a movie that we may be covering coming up. Spoilers. And... And one of the greatest characters ever in wrestling, the Iron Sheik. In mixed martial arts, we lost... Dom, I'm not sure if this is someone that you're more familiar with. Uh, we lost a, a young a young woman, Victoria Lee. She was an 18-year-old prodigy, I believe, fighting out of Hawaii. So tragically died very young, but was supposed to be like one of these big up-and-coming women in the world of MMA. Another person that we lost was Coco Lee who she is a longtime Hong Kong actor and pop star. She was the Mandarin voice of Mulan in the Mandarin dub of Mulan, excuse me. And she also produced a lot of music that was used in scores, including uh, music that was used in the score of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon that received an Academy Award nomination. For Dom and I, being huge comic book nerds, we lost a huge legend in John Romita Sr., who, if you, I mean, his work is countless. We could do an episode, episodes talking about his work. But I think for me, the thing he's most notable for is he's the guy that took over after Steve Ditko in the Amazing Spider-Man series. So a lot of the classic Spider-Man he created amongst many things. And of I got many of his works in my basement. I'm yeah, big comic. I'm a big, I, I'm a big comic book collector. I lost my list, but I'm pretty sure I have 6,500 comics. Oh my and god! Some J I didn't we, know that. He's just Jr. And then his son yeah. is Jrjr. It's you know, if you know comics, you know who Jr. is, and you know who Jrjr is. Um, and they have very distinct styles. It's, it's very yeah. interesting how that works. So these are this is a this is a, a legacy right here, started by the original John Ramada. He's 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 amazing, and um, yeah, it's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, another legend that is kind of comic associated, more in the action world, but another legend is Ray Stevenson. We lost him. He was, in my opinion, the best Punisher out of Punisher movies, though I do oh, really yeah. like John Barenthal now. I mean, John Barenthal's great and everything, but I really yeah, like Punisher's him. underrated. He's really yes. good as Punisher. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, and, and he was great in the Ahsoka series, so it was really sad to see him in there knowing that he passed, and that character won't be back, at least by him. 
What um, happened? I didn't real. I actually didn't know he passed. That's fair. He wasn't that old. What happened? No, he wasn't. Um, I forget. It's natural causes. I oh. believe. I can't remember offhand. It's a shame. It yeah. Is. Another person that passed that though isn't really martial arts. I will say, especially for Dom and I in college. I don't know about you, Jay, but this person was responsible for many of the hand-to-hand fights we saw on a screen in college, and that person is Jerry Springer. so i had to mention jerry because you know if you got the the parents or the clan out there there was fights going down and that we saw a lot of hand-to-hand combat so thank you for that jerry another person that i want to recognize from movies that are kind of adjacent to what we cover but movies that we definitely all three of us love dearly is earl bowen he was the actor that played the the doctor psychiatrist in the terminator movies Oh, no way. I love yes. that guy. But oh, I believe no. is, is he the one that uh, Linda Hamilton put like the... Yeah, the yeah. yeah. He'll be dead before he hits the floor. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I remember like, I, I would, if so, we, we're <laughs> yeah. not an action movie podcast and I think oh, we should that's... stay with martial arts, but I really yeah. would love to um, to do a science segment on what happens if someone injects <laughs> like... Uh, like like five milliliters of windex into your into your carotid what would happen to you it's gotta be in a kung fu movie somewhere. i was like oh we'll find, it. we'll find it maybe it'll be an excuse for a rapid strike that's All one right. of my favorite scenes is when the t-1000 so goes through the bars and he's just like oh yeah and he just makes the face yeah yeah oh yeah oh yeah uh yeah so again earl very recognizable actor from those movies thank you for that And the last two I want to get to are two that are really very near and dear to us and the movies we love. And the first one is, of course, uh, the great Lance Reddick. Uh, We Mm -hmm. talked about in the John Wick series. Um, He was one of the best parts of those movies. We love Lance and we're really sad to see him go. And it was really sad rewatching those movies for our show, knowing that he had passed, especially when his character actually dies. Yeah, that is odd. Same year. Sharon, we will remember you, buddy. Absolutely. He's also absolutely. really good in the TV show Fringe. I love Lance Reddick. In, oh, yeah. He's he's, he's great. He, yeah. He's great. That was a very sad loss. Yeah. And I think the biggest one for our community and the stuff that we've covered is Pat E. Johnson. So Pat E. Johnson was the guy that was the stunt coordinator, the martial arts coordinator for the Karate Kid. I think we talked about when we covered that movie with the Sklar's. And I feel like we, even though we talked about it, we didn't give it enough credit to how much he influenced the development of martial arts in that movie. If I remember right, I think he did the marsh, the stunt coordinator for Mortal Kombat 2. So I think we talked about that, him in our Mortal Kombat episode as well. But he was also a hugely influential figure in the world of martial arts outside of films too. You know, the development of martial arts, both as movies, as style, through the 80s here in America, he's... So, so important. And again, Karate Kid, the whole like philosophy of martial arts that's in that movie really came from him. You know, both uh, the Cobra Kai guys and Ralph Macchio talked about how much he was the one that helped them form their characters. So if you love Karate Kid, this is huge. He has a huge, huge footprint on that movie. And you also see him because he's the... The referee, is that the right term, Dom, in the, the matches? 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a ref. They, we ref. just call okay. them the refs. I mean, I don't know karate, but I know judo, and in judo, it's a ref. Uh, again, Pat, lo- lots of fat, sad losses. Of course, we lost a lot of other people over entertainment, and uh, sad to look back, but uh, really appreciate all those contributions to all the stuff that we love. Uh, mm-hmm. So let's talk about, in 2023, some of the movies that came out. So I'm going to, even though Tom said, as he's right, we are not an action movie podcast, but for, <laughs> for lack of, uh, so I'm a big Letterboxd fan. I'm on there. If you're on there, you can find me. It, my name is Mike Huntone on there. Please find me, follow, I'll follow you, and I want to see what you're watching. Letterboxd doesn't give me the option to to narrow by martial arts movies, so we're going action. So we'll we'll keep this a little broad. And again, this is just a fun episode. Hope that you're all having fun listening. We're just looking back on movies. So the top 10 action movies. I'm going to read the list in descending order to you guys, and then we can talk about which ones we've actually seen and what we what we missed, what this missed, or what we want to see. So, all right, in descending order, currently on Letterboxd for movies that were released in 2023. These are the top 10 movies by film popularity. So that's your authority, authority there. All right, first up is number 10 is Godzilla Minus One. Number nine. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Number eight, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Number seven, The Flash. Number six, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. Number five, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Number four, fitting because it's John Wick Chapter Four. Number three, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. And number one, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Mike, is that by popularity or is that by, like... Popularity. Okay, gotcha. Thank you. What defines popularity? Like, the amount of tickets sold or... No, I think on Letterboxd, it's the amount of people that have marked it as watched. Mm Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Well, I can. Sp- I haven't seen any of the movies but John Wick Four because I am shackled to my house by two <laughs> little gremlins. But I can tell you which ones I've wanted to watch. Okay. Godzilla minus one, I think, is still in the theaters right now, yes, yes. and I'm going to figure out a way to get there, even if I need to drug my entire family <laughs> and go to the theater. That I want to see because, like, I have a. So my brother is a huge, huge Godzilla fan. And I have mixed feelings about Godzilla. I like the idea of Godzilla as a metaphor for nuclear power and exploitation. He's a walking science segment. Yeah, it's a walking, I mean, I mean, I could talk about, I mean, I could do a one hour science segment on Godzilla. Uh, we, we uh, Mike and I have thrown around the idea of doing a monster, like a monster movie podcast thing. Someday we will do that. And, and I want my and I want to just do this. Can it happen? And I could talk about Godzilla. Anyway, I'm 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 straying from the point. I love <laughs> the idea of Godzilla destroying a city and actually having people react in real ways. And I heard that in Godzilla minus one. Aside from the original one, they do it really, really well. Mike, yes. you saw it, right? So what are yeah, your did. thoughts? I did. Jay, have you seen it yet? I have not. Oh, my God. Just we you have go. seen it. I, yeah, I would see it again. I took my son to see it in IMAX, which uh, I 
that's maybe the greatest feat of fatherhood I've ever accomplished. <laughs> Godzilla and IMAX. It was great. Uh, I will say frequently that with kaiju films, my issue is too much human story. And I don't care. I just want to see monsters mash. And in this one, the human story is actually my favorite part of the movie. It was really, really well done. And I really cared about the people. And it balanced well with the monsters. I liked it. It was freaking cool. So, Dom, you have got to, you've got to see it. Um, you know, and it's actually, it's interesting you talk about the kaiju thing. Because I actually don't like seeing the monsters fight. I like seeing a monster F humanity up. I prefer that. I don't, I don't like, well, yeah. want to watch a Power Rangers you know, a Power Rangers thing where these two giant people in suits just battle each other. I want to see, like, the little toy tanks shoot, oh, like, yeah. fireworks well, that... and have Godzilla just be like, no, kaboom. That's actually well, that... my favorite part. <laughs> well, that's what I mean by by monsters mash. Like, not necessarily each other, but I, I want to see monsters cause destruction, right? Uh, I don't care about the, give me this story about the father and his son alienated from each other and... All the I, nah, I don't need that stuff. Just let me see wanton destruction and Godzilla minus one. It it mixes that. Jay, do you see any of these other movies? I I saw a lot of them. It, it's just it's weird because I because it isn't a good fit for our podcast per se. So I mean, yeah, we're like, we're hanging loose here. It's eight in the morning, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, obviously, like I really like Guardians. I'm trying to think. I also liked Ant Man: Quantumanium. I don't know what the issue was with that movie i had a lot of fun with that uh of course mission impossible just anytime i can reckon with the dead and tom cruise it makes me happy <laughs> um but also not what's on the list uh other things that i really enjoyed were uh uh sisu which came out um mike you just saw this last night it came out yep. this past spring for for us oh. And it is quite an awesome war movie with some of the most terrific like jaw-dropping action you know not in like a john wick way but just in a i don't it's, know how, oh, do we, how would you explain um, it Mike? i yeah i was watching it and i thought immediately like there's a scene very early in the movie uh -huh. that's almost so shocking in its brutality dom it reminded me of the beginning of logan which i know you love that like you get the moments early in the movie where you're like holy shit yeah. and there's stuff like that right in the beginning of this and it's yeah, you would you would love this movie. It's great. Uh, the now, where is this movie from? I, I'm not familiar. Finland. With it. It's a, yeah. a Finnish movie. Okay, cool. Yeah, I had to borrow it from the library again. Support your local library. I'm yeah. sure it'll be streaming somewhere soon. But this is by the same director that did Rare Exports. That was a holiday movie that I really loved. It's starring the same yeah. the same guy that's in the star of Sisu. So I'm fully bought into Finn action now. I, this actor or this director. Uh, Helmer, I believe, uh, I should have pulled that out, but he, he knows what he's doing with action. He's great. So I would love to see him with a Hollywood budget or not just keep doing these things. Cause Sisu was a lot of fun. Yes. It's streaming uh, on he, stars, um, for whoever has stars out there. Oh yeah. Well, Dom, see if you could get a free trial of it and watch. I'm starting to All run out of emails for free trials. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jay, any other recommendations I, or stuff you saw that you loved stuff i really want to see still um which is way high up my list apparently uh extraction 2 the netflix chris hemsworth movie is is really awesome in terms of action i saw the first one i meant to see the second one but apparently it's fantastic like a movie i don't know if you saw it or yet but you kind of talked me into seeing it i just didn't have the time was polite society came out earlier in the year Did i still haven't seen it, seen it yet That's yeah 
No, I have not yet. It's streaming on Peacock. That was definitely going to be one I was going to mention. And I was excited because it's all about stunts. And had we had our rapid strike up and going, that's one I would have said like, oh, guys, we got to watch this and do a rapid strike. So, yeah. And then just um, this Netflix movie called, um, I think it's Killing Buck soon. It's supposed to be like John Wick-esque. Really want to check that out. Excellent. I haven't seen The Equalizer 3. But the fact that they didn't stylize it into the threequalizer really pisses me off. Oh, <laughs> like, they have equalizer and then a three behind. I'm like, why don't they just turn the E around and call it the threequalizer? Like, it would have been, been so, so much great. better. I yeah, don't know. Right, right. I'm a fan of silly gimmicks like that. Right, well, yes. I agree. I like, agree. the witch, you know, the witch where they have the two Vs? I'm like, yep, I'll never yep. forget it's the witch. You know? Right. <laughs> right, well, and like that same stylization that you're talking about, uh, we saw band that we're big fans of because they did the music for New York Ninja Voyager 3. They have that the 3 is stylized in the name as the E. As it should be. Equalizer could have done the same thing, but Voyager 3 got it. I guess those Equalizer 3 people didn't. Nice. Um, All right. I have seen a number of these, including I saw the animated ones uh, across the Spider-Verse was Mind-blowing because Into the Spider-Verse is one of my favorite movies and I thought just so so groundbreaking in what it did. And I was kind of anxious about seeing Across the Spider-Verse because I thought there's no way that you could even match that, much less get better. And somehow it got better. My only complaint with the movie was going in, I didn't know that it was intentionally part two of a trilogy. So when it ends, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Oh, I just, I wanted part three immediately. It was fantastic. Same uh, exact the, problem. Ninja Turtles movie I thought was a lot of fun. It's it's very different from Ninja Turtles that we grew up with and loved. Uh, again, we did our whole episode on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Check that out if you hadn't. With our uh, friend, the comic book artist, Sophie Campbell, who does, or I think it's just now finishing her stint on the, the IDW comics. So I just saw over the week the Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which I thought was fun. Was it better than the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? I think well, it was. It one doesn't have Indy surviving an atomic bomb by a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Two doesn't have Shia LaBeouf, and three <laughs> doesn't have Shia LaBeouf swinging through the jungle with monkeys in the most obvious CGI scene ever. So. Yes, it's better. Um, yeah, that it's... movie was so bad. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I know it's a diatribe, but I'd like to talk about. It. I have, I have zero. <laughs> I no. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. I saw. I remember. So back, back when that movie came out, there was a theater. I lived in New Jersey, and there was a theater in New Jersey. It was this old timey theater, and its gimmick was they served pizza and beer. Yes. While watching a movie. That's so great. a bunch of people from my graduate program at Rutgers all went to see this movie. And I was like, I had beer and I had pizza. Like, you gotta be a bad movie for me to come <laughs> for me to not have enjoyed that experience. Like for real and I don't mean an awesomely bad movie. I mean you have to miss the mark on all on all of the spectrum. And that movie did. I was like, I never want to see this movie again. It was just, ugh. So, honestly, The Dial of Destiny could be a terrible movie, and it's probably still better than The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. All right, rant over. Moving on. (laughs) Here's what I will say about Dial of Destiny, and I'll try to keep this short. It it was fine. 
it was good. It was entertaining. It was everything that you expect from an Indiana Jones movie. Uh-huh. Does it match uh, the original three? No. no. Um, I still think there's too much CGI. It still felt like kind of the feel of it was almost like a Baz Luhrmann movie and this oh, like very stylized set design of it, mm-hmm. but without music, though there is a scene where they're singing. So sort of that just now I haven't seen Dead Reckoning yet. And I have it coming from the library as we speak. But right before that, one of the marathons I did in this week of of timelessness that I've been off, I rewatched the last three Mission Impossible movies before that. And I'm just assuming that Dead Reckoning is the same. And what I love about those movies, besides the fact that Tom Cruise will definitely die for our action love... But mm-hmm. is that everything is so practical in it. It feels so oh, yeah. real. It's yeah. done so well. It's shot so well that it's just comparing the two. It's it's hard. After I've watched three movies of that being done fantastically to then see this and just, it, again, it looks, it looks a lot better than the CGI did in Crystal Skull. It was atrocious in Crystal Skull. So bad. It's better. The other thing, too, is I don't feel that they they did a great job of selling the MacGuffin in the dial of destiny. And I just found like, it keeps you moving. There's a lot of action in it, but I kept, Mm -hmm. and maybe this is just me, but as I'm watching it, I kept like asking myself, wait, why do they care about this thing? What is this thing that they're going after? It's not as iconic as when you have like the Ark of the covenant or the Holy grail. Like you don't really need to sell that because we all know what it is, but in this one, it's and this isn't really spoilery because they tell you it's Archimedes' dial. I don't, I don't know. And then they throw like it's not magic, it's mathematics. But then they don't really explain how it's math. I don't. It's fine. It's they it's did on Thor when they're like, to us, science and magic are the same thing or something like that. And I'm like, okay, that, that right, right. So uh, nice. It was, it was fine. <laughs> That's it was basically what Star Wars is: science and magic. Yeah, <laughs> right. it, it was. It was a world better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. I thought they did some really interesting things with showing, like, this is what Indiana Jones is like in the world. It's set in, like, 1969. So him in that world. And we get Nazis. So, uh, you know, just like Sisu, (laughs) Nazis are a good, dependable bad guy for us to watch and want to see bad things happen. They're coming back. Exactly. They exactly. need yeah. to. Okay, can I say this? And this is I don't, I don't I know we're not a political podcast, but I think we have forgotten as a society that Nazis are the best villains ever. And we as a society should really rewatch 80s movies because they're the they are the bad guys in all those movies and I feel like Gen Z really needs to watch a good 80s movie and realize, "Oh yeah, they're the best bad guys and they're still bad." <laughs> Yeah, oh, speaking of movies anymore. I watched, I managed to squeeze in a couple uh, esoteric uh, horror movies. Oh, I got nice. um, I got Green Room in, which oh, uh, was a good reminder so good. about how bad Nazis are. Yes, Whoa! Stewart, played Nazi. by one and only Patrick Stewart as yes. a neo-Nazi. Yeah, like I guess so he's good, skinhead but... by default, but uh, yes. like. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. That's great. Uh, a couple of the other movies that came out that I'm interested in, of course, we talked about Polite Society. I really want to see Blue Beetle. I'm generally, I'm not a DC guy, but I heard yeah, that I was pretty that good, too. and I know that's streaming, so I'd like to see that. The new Shazam movie, I liked the first Shazam movie. I thought that was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. So, and I think this one got good reviews. Um, I still haven't seen the Marvels. I'm kind of, 
it feels weird to say this because, as we mentioned, me and Tom are both huge, huge comic book geeks, and the idea of superhero movies being out frequently and good is wild. But I'm definitely feeling that superhero fatigue. Like, unless something comes out that's uh, mind blowing, I can you know, speak I'm, to this. I mean, I can't tell if it's because I now am a family man, and that's totally killed my urge to watch comic book movies. But man, I feel like Endgame. You, regardless of what you think about Endgame as a move as a film, mm-hmm. and if you don't think it's the best Marvel film, that's okay. That's fine. But I feel like it was a really good send off. So honestly, yeah. after that, I'm like, I feel like I feel like we're done. I feel like yeah. I'm good with Marvel for a while. And now that you know, now that Disney's streaming service is really going full tilt, I feel like it's just it's really dragging it out. And and yes, I don't have an urge. To, like I didn't, I don't really have an urge to see any of Marvel's stuff. Like, She-Hulk, I heard was funny. I don't care. Quantumania, I don't care. Even, like, there's some solid ones. I'm just like, I don't really care anymore. (laughs) Like, and I'm a huge comic book fan, and there's a lot of stuff where I'm like, oh, I know that storyline. I know Kang the Conqueror. I think that stuff's awesome. But I'm just like, I mean, I I hate to use the term reboot, but, like, it, it, it needs something more. I, and I don't yes. know what that something more is. Uh, you know, while we're talking about comic book character, or comic book movies here, so I agree with what you said, Dom, but this just suddenly reminded me of one person I left off of our, our in memoriam that I really wanted to note. Um, and this is a noted stunt actor, stunt performer, uh, Taraja Ramses. Uh, so he was in, he's done stunt work in a ton of movies that we love, but especially was really noted for his work in the Black Panther Black Panther, Infinity War, Endgame, uh, was recently in They Clone Tyrone. Oh, Creed Three, which I watched recently. Yes. That was very good. Uh, it was in Wakanda Forever, Black Panther, uh, The Suicide Squad, a ton, a ton of movies. Uh, everything that I heard about him or that I read in some of these uh, the articles that came out after he died, uh, it said that he was an incredible stunt performer. And of course, we've talked about the movies that we love. The stunt performers are the magic, are the people that make the magic, and uh, Taraja, from everything I've heard, was a, an incredible performer. Died, guys, really tragically. I think he was only 41 oh, wow. and died in a car accident on Ugh. Halloween with four of his children in the car and three oh, of them passed away, too, Yeesh. including an eight week old. So, uh, all right. Uh, so that's very wow. sad. But again, I want to recognize, you know, he uh, made a huge impact in stunt work in the movies that we love, movies we just talked about. So, uh, you know, thank you for those contributions, and uh, man, hope that what's left of his family is doing all right. So to bring things up a little bit, Oof. let's just yeah, let's talk a little bit about twenty twenty four. What's coming out? Any movies you guys are excited to see that are supposedly coming out next year? I'm not even totally sure what's coming out. Well, let me let me give you a few I am excited about. One, the movie that feels like it's getting beaten into our heads, at least every movie I've been to has had a trailer for this, is Argyle. Matthew Vaughn, oh, right, yeah, is yeah. The, the Kingsman guy. Mm-hmm. He's, his movies are always fun. This looks like another one of those. So, Furiosa is one I'm very excited for. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. Okay. The prequel to the last Mad Max. Right. 
And that was great. I mean, she was a fantastic character. Another one that I know, Dom, your wife, Liz, dressed up as Furiosa for Halloween, right? Did oh, you help yeah. her with cosplay for that? Oh, back in, that was like 2016 now or 2015. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was I was Mad Max with the, the grill on his, like, where they, <laughs> the grill on his face and... Yeah, Where can we furious. see these pictures, Dom? I need to see. Oh, them. I, I'll I'll happily send them to you. Yeah, oh, they're you. they're on yeah. they're on social media. They're floating around social media somewhere. I'll definitely I'll definitely okay, get them cool. to you. But thank I I mean, it's not a martial arts movie at all. But Mad Max Fury Road is arguably one of the best action movies so ever. Good. And we Absolutely. could argue: is it an action movie? Is it a chase movie? But I'd say it's an action movie, and Absolutely. it's wonderful. Like it's up there with the original Predator as one of the greatest action movies ever. Agree. Like, it's fantastic. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to my story. Uh, <laughs> I agree. I agree. No regrets. Uh, oh, by the way, <laughs> since we're talking about movies, we want to see. I saw a preview for The Beekeeper. And I oh, don't know yeah. if that movie's going to suck or not yeah. suck, but I feel like <laughs> it is made for this podcast. hundred percent. Like, like, I feel oh, like... Have you state them yet? I know. I, no, I feel like we should do this, guys. We should, like, make a soft commitment to see this movie, maybe together. I love and it. And then review Man. it right afterwards. Because, I love like, it. I love it. Like we, we the state. We haven't had the state. And the state yeah. can yeah. kick butt. Yeah. I mean, let's do he it. He can. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of what Jay and I did with Silent Night. And I can tell you the preview for the beekeeper was the probably the best part about that ex- Silent Night, yeah. experience of Silent Night, other than just obviously hanging out with the genius here. Uh, yeah, that looks really cool. A couple other ones I'm excited about is Fall Guy. That's a movie about a stunt performer. So, yes, anything like I was excited when Polite Society came out. Anything that highlights stunt performers. Again, they're the ones that really make the magic happen. They're the ones that don't get any Oscar love so anything that brings them recognition and maybe gets that category in academy awards i'm all for Uh, another one that is directly connected to us that i'm excited about is kung fu panda 4 i love the first three kung fu panda movies they're such a blast and it's fun to have those movies and have something that i can watch with my kids is uh, a lot of the movies we cover i really can't so i'm super excited for that that's one I'm hoping maybe we can would be fun to do like a rapid strike after, um, you know, maybe get some kids on talking about the movie. So Jack Black is back. It, it should be good. And just one last one I will mention that goes that is connected to our previous discussion is Lord of the Rings War of the Rohirrim. So that's a, again, I love Lord of the Rings. That is an animated one. And I'm not. Oh, okay sure if it is if it's anime style yeah i don't know either way it is it's an animated lord of the rings i don't know much about it other than it's coming out and brian cox is in it so i mean that's that's enough for me i hopefully will be super sweet so um all right uh unless you guys have any other 2024 stuff you're looking forward to i think now is a good break before we so i have a question about that animated movie is it animated yeah. by ralph bakshi again like the oh, ones from the late 70s because <laughs> oh that would be great if that was the case <laughs> oh we will we'll investigate that while we take a break no it's not thank god <laughs> all right guys let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about some stuff with our show and things that we loved and wrap stuff up so We'll be back. If you want to learn all about the diverse foods of Rochester and Buffalo and don't want to do the work, Nominate is made for you. 
Dominate runs events where you order a meal that feeds two people, packaged to go for $40, but the twist is you have no idea what you're getting until you pick it up. Each meal comes from one typically small minority-owned restaurant. We work with them to select dishes that best represent their cuisine and make sure you have a fun experience. We host events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer in Rochester in the neighborhood of play, the new home of Black Button Distilling on University Avenue, and in Buffalo at the fantastic Nowhere Lounge located in the heart of Kenmore. Drink pairings are available for sale at each event that work well with the food. Follow us on social media at Nominate Meals and go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event. Join the nomination. And we're back and ready to dive into 2023 for Punches and Popcorn. So just wanted to take some time to look back at the stuff that we did. You know, I mentioned it was kind of an off year for us as you know, life and all that. Uh, but we did put out some really fun episodes. I'm interested in hearing you guys looking back at our 2023 and Punches and Popcorn. Uh, if you had to pick one movie, a movie or episode that was your favorite either to watch or cover, uh, what would you guys go with? Who wants to go first? Jay, go first. Um, I really liked, you know, obviously I think John Wick covering that whole series with you guys was a lot of fun, but I, I kind of like the the one-off random stuff we did, like Master of the Flying Guillotine and uh, Man from Hong Kong. I had a lot of fun with those too. Yeah, those were those were really fun. How yeah, about I, you, Dom? Ooh. As, so, like, as far as... So as far as movies I liked, that I'm glad I saw Man from Hong Kong. I was like, I didn't realize this could possibly exist. Like I say, I've always said this. I'm not as well versed in 70s cinema as you guys. So watching that, that was the most 70s, 70s thing to ever 70s. <laughs> and I was just like, this is a real so treat. Yeah. So like, but as far as my favorite, because I listened to them all afterwards, just to like get an idea of how we sound. And... I would say there's a tie between my two favorite actual podcasts. It's John Wick 1, which I think is great, and Shadow of a Tear or Tear. Or I'm not, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> what, a, what a great <laughs> podcast that was. So that I had a, a wonderful time with those. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, those were great. I, I would agree with both of you on The Man from Hong Kong. That was, that was, that movie was a blast. That was a fun episode. And a little bittersweet because that was our last episode on with Matt with us. Um, if you haven't, definitely check out the rapid strike that me and Matt did on Iron Claw. Matt talked a little bit about what he's been up to. And just in brief, you know, Matt stepped away a little bit from our podcast to handle some of our Lunch Door Network stuff and some of the Anomaly Film Festival things going on. Oh, that was a movie I forgot to mention in the 2023 stuff I saw. There's an action movie that they showed at anomaly called riddle of fire that's like about these little goblin children and it's like a very goonies-esque movie what? it was a freaking lot of fun so whenever that comes streaming please make time to watch it i took my son to it and he declared it's like the best movie he's ever seen and now that's when i talk awesome. to him about other movies he's like is it going to be as good as riddle of fire <laughs> uh, so that was fun but matt has spent a lot of time working on that stuff we'll have matt back uh matt wants to come back in the show of course and we, he is always part of our family so as much as he has time for he'll be back with us uh but again thank you matt not only for all the contributions you give to our show our network lunch door network uh check out again the other shows in our network but also bringing that movie to our lives that was great 
And the other yeah. thing I'll just mention, I think the most fun for me, both in movies and the episode, was our New York Ninja episode. One, oh, that, that movie funny. is wild. I freaking love that movie. And it was great having our friend Chris Pojali on with us. Chris revealed some just incredible stuff that I thought, having gone through a fair amount of material on New York Ninja, I already knew. And, of course, Chris being Chris, boom, dropped all sorts of stuff that I had never heard of or seen before so chris again thank you for joining us doing that episode with us that was that was a ton of fun and hopefully we'll have him back and maybe grady as well to cover stuff in the future yeah so those were uh, those were some of my favorite moments from the past year uh, you know another part of our show is the science segment dom i'm interested in knowing if you had a particular science segment that you really enjoyed well i mean so one thing I like about the science segments is I'm able to dig into stuff that I don't know about. Um, because like you, my expertise is not a lot of these things, but I'm able to kind of focus in on stuff that I'm like, Oh, I never knew that. And I thought the most interesting one was the dogs one. Like in my mind, it was just like, where and, and the specifically the one where we talk about how the, um, you know, the dogs, kind of co-evolved with humans to become like a man's best friend. And I thought that was super, super interesting. Like, I was like, I didn't, I knew dogs and humans have been together for a long time. I didn't realize it was that long. So I thought it was fascinating. So that one I, I really enjoyed. I also really enjoyed the one on, um, on booze, the one on, on alcohol and what is whiskey. Um, I thought Chris really added to it i mean what you know two heads are better than one and that one was really 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 good one for me i want to say um that you you focusing on the domestication of the dogs was so good that i would like because at work i have like friends i'm a dog person i have dog people friends i gave them that speech i took credit for it i didn't say your name i was <laughs> it was so good informative like i was blown away by that so i'm glad you called that out because that is mine too because uh that is in my no repertoire when I meet a dog person. I'm like, well, did you know about the domestication of is so great. I will happily be your ghostwriter, man. Go nuts. <laughs> you don't even need to mention me. <laughs> I did the same thing over Christmas break when we had family over. I was throwing that out like, hey, did you know the awesome thing about dog? Yeah, that was that was probably my favorite, too. And the second would be the other one that you mentioned, Dom. I really like the whiskey one. Uh, partially because it was really fun to hear you and Stromy kind of play off each other there. And then also uh, our good buddy Stromy shared some of his whiskey with me while you were talking. So that was a wonderful experience. So excellent, excellent science work. Looking forward to more science work in the future. I also yes, want to call out, <laughs> um, Jay, I know I didn't prepare you for this, so you don't have to add a comment if you don't want to. But also uh, one of the newest segment that we just introduced to our show is the genius segment where Jason drops. Uh, one of the things I love about Jason is he has this uh, just encyclopedic knowledge of films. And I love that we get this segment where we really get to share that with everyone. So I know one of the things that I love the most and one of the ways that you've really influenced me and I hope that we'll be able to highlight more in the year ahead is talking about on that New York Ninja episode, the physical discs and the special features. Uh, yeah, that was really interesting. I put all those movies on my wish list. And uh, when the next Criterion sale comes, I'm definitely at least getting that Night of the Hunter 
that you talked about. So it's so funny you mentioned um, that because that was like the one where I in my head I'm like, oh, this is so boring. <laughs> like not to me, but like I felt bad for our listeners and you guys. So they, they you took something from that 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 feels really good. I also had fun with the the John Wick ones because I got to kind of like explore a different facet of the the Wick universe, whether it's the stunt team or Keanu himself, um, or just like all the homages the film, the original, I guess the sequels as well have to all the other like cool action movies from the past so i had a lot of fun with those i have to say speaking of being a ghost writer i i mean you're my ghost writer when i talk about film now because um i like to talk about parody i think when you talked about how movies eventually evolve or devolve into parody yeah i mean i actually had a discussion with several people about arnold movies and how i'm like I feel that Arnold went to parody too early in his career. I feel like, yeah, with yeah, Last Action Hero. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> and I'm like, I wouldn't have even thought of that if it wasn't for. I I love the genius segments. I think it's great. I also really love in the new year how we have uh, how Chris put in these like new little jingles before yes. them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Extra shout out to our buddy Chris Chris Lindstrom Stromy who created new music intros for our show again as i mentioned and again you can hear more about what matt has been up to in the iron claw rapid strike episode but chris and matt have done a lot for our network for all of our shows and that's just one of the examples of something he's done for our show that yeah that was great and again guys whether it's the science segment the genius the gospel of the guillotine just one of the many reasons what you guys bring to our show. I love, I love getting to hear this stuff, learn from you aside from just, it's fun digging into these movies. Um, and I'm really excited about what's ahead, but before we get into the year ahead, I just kind of want to wrap it up since this is the season of holidays and, and gifts. I want to talk about some of our favorite things. So looking back in the past year, what were some of those gifts? The, some of the favorite things, uh, if you will, five favorite things that you enjoyed over the past year. And again, this can be really broad guys. Don't feel like you have to uh, stick to just movies or martial arts movies. This is just us being us. So listeners, again, we really appreciate that you take the time to listen to our show. And, you know, those of you that interact with us on social media, we love it. And I just want to hear this. So maybe our audience will get to know a little more about the things that we do and enjoy in our lives in the past year aside from just uh, the awesome movies that we cover. So uh, either you want to go first? You should go first, Mike. You want me to go first? Okay, <laughs> yeah, I will go first. Take the lead. I will go in descending order here. This is going to be pretty broad and not totally related to what we do. But the first thing I am going to say is a movie that is very old, but I discovered this year and also got as a Christmas present. And that is uh, Melville's Les Samurais. And as we've talked about, one reoccurring theme over the past several episodes is I cannot pronounce anything in French. Maybe I'll set a goal for myself to try to do some uh, Duolingo French so I can fix that pronunciation. But anyways, Les Samurai is an incredible film. I love how perfect and understated it was. And my wife got me the Criterion collection, so I've been digging through the bonus features in it. It's cool. I want that vibe in my style. Did I recently buy a fedora and a top coat thinking like I want to be like Alain Delon? Uh, of course, I could never be as cool with him as him because I do not have those icy blue eyes. But, oh, man, that movie is great. It's influenced a ton of movies. John Woo's The Killer 
was a direct inspiration for it, as well as a movie uh, hopefully we'll cover before too long. Jim Jarmusch's Ghost Dog was also a cover of that. And again, incredible, incredible film. I love it. That was hugely influential for me. I saw that movie this year. Holy crap. Did the you? first time I watched that movie. Well, it's, it's, so kind good, of, right? it's kind of a corny reason, actually. So my mother is not a action movie aficionado at all, but she is a French teacher and yeah. anything in French she'll watch. So I'm like, all right, well, let's look up a classic French movie. And I see that and I'm like, I've never heard of this movie. Let's watch it. And I was like, this movie's wild. I really like it. And so, yeah, just on a random note, I saw that movie and I thought it was great. So, yeah. yeah. It's, oh, yeah, I loved it. It was fantastic. And really, I don't think I haven't watched many French films and that like completely opened my eyes to Melville as a director and Delon as as an it's actor. a great neo-noir kind of thing because it's late 60s right so it's neo-noir yeah, yep, technically yep, yep. i was like wow yeah exactly and i love uh, noir and neo-noir is probably my second favorite genre behind martial arts films so yeah great stuff if you haven't seen it definitely see that uh another one so my fourth i will give this is a pair of things i'm doing a two for one here and it's two different actor autobiographies that i listened to and are great because the actor read the narrated the autobiography so i think getting to hear it in their voice is great the first one was danny treo's autobiography uh amazing work amazing to hear his past and then how he got into the movie business and how he approaches it really really interesting stuff i love danny treo i've joked with jay about i want to do a whole podcast just on danny treo movies uh and the uh, autobiography was great he sounds like a friggin' incredible person. So that was, and just being able to hear in his voice, right? He has such a distinctive voice. It was great. And a totally opposite side of the spectrum, probably, is Michael Caine, Sir Michael Caine's autobiography. That was fantastic. Uh, again, it was Michael Caine. So listening to Michael Caine for, I can't, might have been like six hours hearing him talk is just, that's magic. And he just gave a lot of insight into how he approaches the business of acting and just a lot of stuff that was really, really interesting that made me think a lot about how, what actors do in those role. Really, really good stuff. So highly recommend both of those. I found both of them on our local libraries, our digital app. We use Libby. I know Hoopla is another one out there. Another way to support your local library. Look for those things there. So the third thing I will throw out is, oh, and I didn't mention this during the action movies, but this is one I'm going to highlight that was a great experience for me was the Dungeons and Dragons movie, Honors Among oh, yeah. Honor Among Thieves. I so I'm a huge Dungeons and Dragons fan. I play in two different games now. One of them I DM for. I love D and D. I'm a huge D and D nerd. I think I think it's just cool that we can even talk about it without being super uh, super nerdy. And yeah, it was cool just to see that one, a D&D movie came out, that it was fun, and that they captured everything that I love about the game. So that was great. And my number two thing is a game. It is Red Dead Redemption 2. So I had never played that before. And a good friend of mine, Brian Ferris, who I play in one of those D&D games with, I mentioned that I hadn't played it, and he immediately sent me the money to buy the game, which I did, oh, and played wow. for hours. It, Nice. I am not a gamer, 
So for me to spend, like, I spent at least 50 hours playing that game. Whoa, uh, nice. It was great. And then it sent me into a tailspin of watching Western movies and that. It, that was awesome. And I want to play it again. So the last thing I'm going to mention really happened thanks to my man, Dom here was at New York Comic Con. I got the opportunity to meet not once, but twice. Definitely my my favorite living director, John Carpenter. Uh, I posted on our social media account pictures of me and Dom meeting with him. And if you go to my letterbox account, it's my profile picture. Uh, That was outstanding. And I still can't believe that I got to talk with the guy that's made like every movie that I love the most. So, and again, it just happened because he was his comic book company, Storm King comics, I think is the name would definitely check that out. Their booth was right next to our booth. We are representing Dom's wife's company, studio Demore, which has great artwork. Check them out. Uh, and they just happened to be near us. And he was there on setup day. And I was too nervous to even talk with him. And Dom basically pushed me to dude, go say hi. And, he was you very did. gracious. So he was great. very gracious and kind and even asked me about Wu-Tang because I had a Wu-Tang shirt on. It was a surreal experience. So, Dom, thank you for giving me that. That was <laughs> that's like number one in my life, maybe, aside from, you know, getting married and having the kids. It's meeting John Carpenter. So I was right, there I, for your wedding and I was there for you meeting John Carpenter. And I'd say it's a tie. <laughs> Don't tell Sarah. <laughs> Well, thank you. Uh, guys, uh, I wonder if you have some favorite things. You don't have to be as uh, verbose as I was. If you have five things, go for it. Or if you want to just drop, hey, here's one or two things that I love. The floor is yours. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm not a I'm not a reader. Uh, I'm more of a watcher. But, um, Mike, you are like the, the reader guy. I know that's a word. And um, I also listen to a book on tape, uh, and I'm glad that you do. That's my point. Is I'm just happy that that's okay to do. It's, you don't have to read Absolutely. it. But um, cinematic speculation. Uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote a book about '70s cinema and sort of oh. his um, take on it all. And it's like almost he's like a movie reviewer versus a filmmaker. And it, it's it's really interesting stuff. Like the way he digs into stuff. I just I've always loved his perspective ever since I was like a young film nerd. So. Um, it's it's a really treat if you if you're into kind of old movies and seeing his like spin. I mean, he talks about like not only like about the movie, but like where he was in his life and he saw it in this theater, like because you know he's like hyper detailed. So that was a treat. Um, a movie I've so this is kind of like physical media nerd time, but a movie I've been dying to get on. I don't even think it was on DVD, but Blu-ray is this movie called Blue Steel. It came out in I think ninety oh. nineteen ninety, starring. Um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and it was directed by Catherine Bigelow um, right before she did Point Break. And it's it's just kind of this movie that is off everyone's radar, and it's excellent. She plays this cop, and she has to go up against Ron Silver. He's sort of like the love interest slash maybe baddie. And it's it's just one of the best, I don't know, like like really muscular, like it feels like an 80s movie, though it was 90. Um, I, I can't recommend it enough. And now it's like streaming places. Like It's probably on even like, prime at this point so definitely check out blue flexor action movie muscles and uh i love that um another big moment for me this year i, I think was seeing silent night with you mike because it was just not at all what i expected oh, I, yes. I i can't remember being that like flabbergasted <laughs> in a movie a theater in, in a long time <laughs> uh, you know for 
for good and bad reasons. So I, I just, it was, it was a moment. I'm going <laughs> to, that's going to be in my memory for a long time. Um, yes. Another thing I spent a lot of time doing this year is on the Criterion streaming channel. And they just have like such a great, like cure. Um, one of them being, um, it's a movie that came out in the seventies called 71 called Andromeda strain. I'd always heard of it. Um, and oh, Dom, yeah. you would actually like this movie. It's like, it's kind of like that's hard the Michael Krein book, right? Yes. Yep. Isn't, yeah. isn't that Michael Krein? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and they—they—it's like hard. I mean, as far as you know, what I know of science, it's like hard science. It's these scientists, and there's um, this something falls from the sky, and people start dying in this one specific town, and they think it's like an alien um, organism, but not like what we expect, like you know, a big monster or something. You know, it's—it's just like microscopic germs, and they—they go underground to this like safe house to, like, in, to stop this like contagion it actually reminded me of the movie contagion uh that came out a few years ago just like oh this is i don't know if this is entertaining but it's it's really interesting and finally i have to shout out uh oh, nice. legos um i built a lot of legos this year i think my favorite was uh mike i still haven't sent you the finished picture yet but the the venator <gasps> i think it was like six thousand pieces it was like the biggest one Ooh. i've ever built by far it was a financial investment oh. and um it was it was a blast <laughs> i have no idea what to do with it because it's so big but uh that was kind of like the highlights of my year in terms of entertaining myself. Jay, I do not want you to send me pictures. I want you to invite me to your house so I can see it in person. <laughs> yeah, we got to do that. But I'll take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, Tom, how about you? You got anything that... Uh, I don't know if I have five things. Like, honestly, the big greatest gift in the world was not what I've... I, it's something I haven't gotten in a long time, and it's a full night's sleep. And, <laughs> oh, <that's fair. laughs> and I haven't gotten that in a while, so, like, that would be the greatest gift ever. But as far as, like, media and stuff, I was just thinking... Um, Every once in a while, I get a chance, like, the kid go, kids go to bed early, and the wife is like, I'm out. I'm going to bed. You can stay up. <laughs> And I've watched some interesting movies that I'm like some some random movies because I'm interested in I'm always interested in like esoteric sci-fi and esoteric horror and I yeah. caught a couple of them in like for example Green Room so thought it was it. wonderful very thankful awesome. for that yeah um, and I also saw a movie called Bone Tomahawk. Oh and yeah. I'm the kind of guy I have a I I like to say I have a cast iron stomach I'm not easily grossed out. And so I like it when movies do things that are extreme, but not necessarily gratuitous. You know what I mean? Like if yeah. it's like, uh-huh. if they do things in a way that see that that's brutal, but not like cheesy, uh-huh. I feel like it's a way of testing me. And that movie was testing me. Oh, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> if you are a horror movie person and you like Westerns yep. and you like Kurt Russell, this movie is for you, Bone Tomahawk. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you. It does I'm all that, you. what you're talking about, but it, the dialogue is just so, like, wonderful. It, it's this funny asides and, like, sidekick to Kurt Russell. Like, it's so good. Yes. And, and I love movies like that. I love Because there is humor in real life. I mean, I will crack jokes during terrible times. It's one of the ways I cope. And having a movie where there are jokes, but it's not comic relief, Exactly. It's just right. what people would do under certain circumstances. I thought that movie was great. I highly recommend it, but you gotta have a stomach if you can't oh, handle. Boy. If you can't handle gore, oh yeah, do not watch it. Goes for it. Oh, or, or, or 
misogyny too. There's one scene where at the very oh, yeah. end. Yeah. So like yeah. you gotta have a cast iron stomach. But what a movie. Totally came out of left field. I thought that was great. Uh, another thing I'm grateful for is concerning visual media is the new season of Castlevania came out. That show's awesome. I'm a big fan of like old school video games and I love the Castlevania series. Now they recently came out with a new one on Netflix. Oh, and it's yes. Just as freaking good. And I watched it maybe in two nights straight and oh, I love it. I love it. Oh, great. oh great wonderful, show. wonderful. If you haven't watched that, watch the new Castlevania if you're a fan of like old school video games and like kind of a Japanese take on the hammer horror kind of stuff or the right, universal right. horror. Yeah. Oh, it's it's glorious. Oh, Terrific. I gotta watch. That's it. the only three things. That's the only three things I can think of at the moment because I'm super tired. So. <laughs> Dom, Dom, have you seen Blue Eyed Samurai? No, I have not. That's on Netflix too, right? That's what. Yeah, that's another animated one on Netflix that I know a lot of people were buzzing about. Mm-hmm. So I've heard it's. I haven't watched any of it, um, but it's supposed to be really, really good. So mm-hmm. seems like in your vein of stuff to watch. So when you get that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Check it out. Let us know. We can always talk about it later. It's supposed to be really good. Nice. Nice. Oh, that's some good stuff, guys. Yeah. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, I'm ex- that was our year in the past, 2023. Uh, let's look ahead to 2024. So, we, so we've already gone through some big changes in this past year. We introduced Rapid Strike, the opportunity for us to release intermittent mini-sodes on all kinds of stuff that's maybe a little more martial arts adjacent. Uh, just before we released this in December, we did kind of a theme of three holiday movies along with uh, Iron Claw, you know, looking ahead to 2024. I think it'll be a little more intermittent here and there where we see something we might want to talk about that's kind of related to the movies that we cover, but uh, not really. We might drop one of those in, but the big thing that we have coming in 2024 is we are changing our format to release seasons, and we are going to start our very first season in mid-February. Let me give you a preview. In a world of neon and ninjas. It's Jack Burton and the Pork Chop Express, and I'm talking to whoever's listening out there. simple rules. One, never underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two, take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. I advise you in the strongest terms. Leave Manila today. We must fight until only one remains. You are safe only on holy ground. None of us will violate that law. It's tradition. Just remember what I said if you don't want to get hurt. Don't scare me at all. Jane, I want to talk to you later. Goodbye. Punch some popcorn, season one, 
once upon a time in the 80s. Coming soon. Okay, you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. So, hope that whets your appetite for what's coming for us. We're looking to uh, kick the season off in mid-February and have episodes coming at you once every week or bi-weekly. We're still working out the details of it. More to come on that later, but hopefully you will all be excited while we uh, take a little bit of a break to recover from the holidays and get ready and start working on this new season. Uh, really excited about what we have coming for you all. Hope that you really enjoy uh, kind of this new opportunity for us to deliver some content. And this season focused on uh, something that's very near and dear to our hearts is the old men that we are, the movies, the martial arts movies of the 1980s. So more to come there. All right, guys, this has been fun. Uh, Dom, I appreciate you still being awake for this. Hope yes. that uh, Liz and the kids are not in a state of chaos and delirium. Guys, uh, any final messages to our listeners before we close 2023 out? I'll just say that trailer was excellent. I'm so excited. And uh, I can't wait to uh, talk about these movies with you guys. Thank you, Jay. appreciate your recognition of my hard work. Excellent. <laughs> I'm really excited about the episode format, particularly because if we have categories, then we could fluctuate between more popular movies and then movies that like you've never heard of and I, I feel like it's a it's a good thing this is all mike's idea i think it's a wonderful idea and i'm very excited about it I'll also be able to get out some new content so i'm pumped yeah the, uh, thank you man i appreciate it and i appreciate you guys you know being willing to try something a little different for us um you know and i'll give some credit too to our man uh, chris lindstrom again he's the one that threw out uh, kind of when me and him were just talking about hey you know what makes sense for uh, you know, getting more stuff out there and making it easier for us to manage. And this is kind of an idea that came up just from us brainstorming stuff together. So appreciate you guys rolling with it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I like now that we have rapid strike out there, when other stuff comes out that we're like, hey, this is really interesting. We could throw one of those out and just talk about something in a way that doesn't ask us to devote like a ton of time and, you know, sidetrack from kind of what we're working on. So that, you know, should be all great. And I think Ideally, what I hope that everyone will love with us going into seasons is that you'll get more punches, more popcorn, more genius, more science, and everything else that we do and love that we'll get more of that out to you and hopefully in a, you know, maybe some great guests or returning guests. So hopefully more to come in 2024. But if you have are listening and you have other things that you saw in love or things that maybe we missed that we should watch from 2023 or things that you know are coming in 2024 that hey we should watch maybe think about covering uh definitely check us out on socials we are now on twitter x instagram tiktok and threads all of those are at punches and popcorn and you can email us ideas to punches and popcorn at gmail.com uh and again check out everything on our lunch door network i know uh, the network is going through a lot of changes and we'll have some really exciting announcements coming out in January. So check that out and other fellow shows uh, on the network. Um, again, you can find Lunch Door Podcast Network there on, uh, again, all those same socials at uh, Facebook too. So stay tuned for more. And again, thank you all uh, for listening. Uh, it still is wild to me that us, I mean, we're the, we're the cliche, right? Three old white guys in their basements. We made a <laughs> podcast. So this is us. Uh, again, we really appreciate everyone who's listened. 
Hope that we'll give you more stuff to enjoy. And uh, again, definitely let us know. We want to know, hey, what other stuff should we be watching? So thank you all. Hope that 2023 was great for you and hope that 2024 ahead uh, for you fine gentlemen and for everyone listening. Hope that it's the best yet. So good night or good morning. This has been a presentation of the Lunchmore Podcast Network. 